Hey everybody, this is Pastor DJ Lura and welcome to another episode of That Podcast. Joining me as always is Sarah DeYoung and Dana Mashevsky. <laughs> Wrong button. Wrong button. I meant the clapping. Do you remember do you remember those old sitcoms where like one actor would come in and everyone would just start clapping and laughing? Yep. That was when we said your name, Dana. Yep. All of a sudden, woo, everyone started laughing. Do you ever sometimes I wanted think? that one for everybody, but I <laughs> How weird that. like it, I feel like it was such a short time that like live studio audiences were a right. thing. Right. And, and I would feel little, so like, strange song. right now if yeah. somebody's like, hey, we're going to be filming this. You want to go watch it? I'd be like, no, I'm good. That that just sounds weird. <laughs> that sounds take, horrible. Yeah. Takes are the same. Yeah. Like that sounds, that would be a full day affair. Or do they just have them in there for a certain amount of time? Did they? I don't know, actually, now that I think about when it. I think, when I think of live studio, studio audience, I think of like, friends like mm-hmm. did they do that after friends or was it all well, like pre-recorded fresh stuff? prince was yeah and like boy meets world fresh is... prince yeah i was oh, thinking boy right. meets world boy meets world boy yeah meets world was a live studio i'm pretty sure wasn't full house too yeah full house was for sure what about big bang theory that's like a, a, a... i don't I know think if they had an audience but i think they just... did for the last episode <laughs> i think they, yeah. have, they have laugh tracks yeah which how terrible would that be of hey you want to watch this long running show end. <laughs> Do you want to cry in public <laughs> with 500 other, other random strangers? <laughs> watch the less. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good doesn't time. I also just think like, fun. if you're like a new actor, be like here, yeah. you're going to play this character in front of 500 people. Mm-hmm. And, and then millions could potentially watch it online later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at least like if you messed up on like a, Mm-hmm. A theater show, just be those people. Just there, yep. just right, there. right, right. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't even know that you messed up, but in a TV recording, they do know you messed up because they make you do it again. Do you guys ever watch uh, comedy specials that are on like Netflix and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I wonder about the people that go to those shows because if you're, you, you can get like pointed out by the comic and then it's on there forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, That would scare me more than like a live TV recording i would think also so they're too. just gonna roast you and yeah that's right just like mm-hmm. exactly and then i always think too for like hamilton when they put it on disney plus they filmed it over like four, three yeah. or four shows yeah. and they had one where it was literally just like a dress rehearsal so they could be up on stage getting those close-up shots and i'm like for like a stand-up comedy do you just randomly have some guy with a camera or like a person with a camera on the corner of the stage, like every now and then moving in for a closer <laughs> shot? And then like, I would think that would affect your like viewing. I think if you're doing oh, your sure. own production, yes. If it's something like Comedy Central yeah, or something the, like, company, good Netflix, good they have yeah. Good, yeah. yeah, with the they have two the cameras. Yeah, <laughs> they don't need just like Tim in the corner with his camcorder. I'm waiting for someone to be like, hey, I want you to all come and be a part of my comedy show and you're all going to record it with your phones. Yeah. Oh. And then send me the, all the material. You could just take like people's Snapchat stories. You could do that with concerts too. Oh, you yeah, totally. you totally could. Yep. You wouldn't need to. Of just like. Wow. Mm-hmm. And have like the fan cam. Yeah. Well, what a world Put we that live down in. as the idea. We coined it here. <laughs> That's right. Trademark, uh, copyright, Sarah Young. Yep. <laughs> Well, you know what I um, uh, I find like like shows that that uh, uh, debunk uh, popular ideas or or popular like facts mm-hmm. like you know this is MythBusters this is yeah, yeah like MythBusters I find those really fascinating and so I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, uh, top scientific uh, misconceptions so I found on. Uh, 
website, thebestschools.org. They have 25 popular science myths debunked. Ooh. So I, I'm going to see if I can like blow your guys' minds today. Does it have I want to know if I know any of them. I was going <laughs> to say, I my like only debunk myth that I feel like I know off the top of my head is the uh, penny off the Empire State Building. That's not real? Not real. There's a balcony on one of the levels that stops all of them. Oh. <laughs> and it just wouldn't get way. the velocity to. You mean specifically off of the Empire State Building? Correct. Well, you uh, are running down the right direction Perfect. because actually any penny off of any building drop from, uh, uh, well, a penny drop from the Empire State Building can kill a person on the sidewalk is one of the myths that's debunked. But the reason is because it's bad physics. The penny will reach mm -hmm. terminal velocity uh, of about 30 to 100 miles per hour, depending on the wind. Mm -hmm. So it's still a jerk move to drop a penny <laughs> from up there. But, but you might not be a murderer. Yeah, right. It might hurt, but it, it wouldn't kill anyone. Yeah. In fact, I've heard someone say it feels like getting like, like flicked. Like thumped. Like I had uh, one, one of my moms growing up, you know, you have your, uh -huh. your parents and then you have like the adults in your family that kind of, you know, mm -hmm. take care of you. Aunts and uncles, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I had one uh, wonderful lady who would thump me on the head mm -hmm. uh, and she said, you better uh, pay attention or you're going to get a thumping. That's one of the like, it doesn't hurt, but it hurt. <laughs> but like it hurts. Right. In that, yeah. It, it hurts later. Yeah. It, it stings later. <laughs> so, th so that's the first one. You can drop a penny from anywhere. It's, it's mean of you to do it, but you're mm -hmm. not going to most likely mm -hmm. kill anyone. You might startle them yeah. enough that they walk right. into traffic or something. So <laughs> don't only do an it. accessory at that point. <laughs> so here's another one. There are only three states of matter. You ever heard that before? I talked about this with my, three with my third grade son. Three states of matter there's of like, like there's only three liquid, states of matter: solid, liquid, liquid gas. and gas. Yes. That's not true. Hmm. Don't forget plasma. Oh, that makes four states. Oh. Um, plasma isn't some gel or goo. It's superheated ions and electrons. It's sometimes hmm. called ionized gas, which I would think is a gas. But mm -hmm. when cooled, it becomes gas. Uh, but then it takes on different properties too. Um, plasma is more like like a flame. Okay. Like lightning, fire, the sun. Yeah. That kind oh. of stuff. Yep. Right. Because like, I'm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that of like the oobleck where it's like a solid if you touch it, but if you pick it up, it's liquid. Right. Yeah. All that, that experiment. All right those now. mutant uh, yeah. states. Yeah. That's not one of the normal three. All right. How about this one? What direction does the toilet flush in Australia? Isn't it the whole idea that it goes the other direction? Mm -hmm. So counterclockwise yes so toilet flushes spin a different direction in the southern hemisphere than in the northern that is not true i knew that one both directions can be found in both hemispheres which blew my mind it just like depends on the is it just how like they're built yeah it it like left-handed versus right-handed <laughs> plumbers <laughs> it has it to do with some on your plumber it has to do with something called the coriolis effect which has to do with like um uh, flow patterns being affected by the earth's rotation huh. uh instead oh. the direction of spiral is a product of other features such as the design of the toilet the plumbing and water pressure huh it is based on your plumber who knew yeah how about this one? Uh, what is glass? Is it a solid, a liquid, or a gas? The uh, myth is that it's a high viscosity liquid. I think it's, it's a, solid. a solid. Yep. Glass okay. is a solid. 
I was like, I didn't know it had it. Yeah, I didn't know this was a debate. I didn't either. I was like, eh, it's so solid. I think they're making stuff up yeah. to get more more numbers here. How about this one? Um, lightning never strikes the same place twice. That's false. Not only is it wrong, it's dangerously wrong. Yeah, because- no. that is absolutely false. <laughs> lightning often strikes the same place yeah, twice. Yeah, I was like, it actually likes to vicinity. strike the same place twice. It does. It does. It does. Did yeah, not know no. that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, like, that's where they're like, don't actually go towards it because you're more likely to get struck. Exactly. Like, it's <laughs> polarized. It pulls back. Yeah. That area, well, because doesn't lightning go up? Like, isn't it, it gets supercharged down and it, it like, moves so quickly. It looks moves like up. it's coming down, but it's, it's actually mm-hmm. moving up. So, yeah, stay away from that place. Huh. Also, Stop. if you have, like, lightning rods or anything like that, it's going to strike there. So, yeah. that's also in the case. Just wear yeah. rubber shoes. You're good. Yeah, right. Sure. So, do you guys know your um, zodiac signs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your zodiac sign? Oh, I know the whole chart, but I'm I a do Gemini. Too. You're a Gemini. Yeah. And I'm a you're, Cancer. You're a Cancer. Terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> you're also a double Cancer. I am. What does that mean? So my Her- my sun and moon are Cancers, and then my rising is Leo. I'm a double Gemini too. What is? Mm-hmm. You guys are speaking in tongues that I don't understand. <laughs> so you can put it like I use this. It's called uh, CoStar. It's an app and you can put in your birth chart and it like just kind of tells you about your day, what to expect versus based off of like the environment and the star signs and star patterns and stuff. Astrology. Do you know and your Chinese sign? I don't. I do. Do you? Mm-hmm. What's yours? We're dogs. Okay. I think I'm a snake. I'd have to Google mine. Uh, what's after dogs after? I'm 95. You're 95, so then you're, uh, it's not the boar. Horse? Actually, it might be the boar. Pig. Ra- yeah, you are the boar. I was like, actually, oh, I think the dog is second to last, so. Oh, there you go, there you go. Well, I'm a Sagittarius, but here's the thing. Uh, there's nothing to it. There's also, <laughs> they're not actually correctly lined up either. Yeah, there's, right. I technically am not I'm not a, a Gemini cancer. either, and I'm, I was I'm say, I think I we both fall into the, like, Weird sign nobody talks about. Do you know that every 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 so many years the the astrology signs have to be readjusted because of the movement of the stars themselves? Yeah, that's why. That's why they're not aligned up the same way as they were. And there's a thirteenth one though that just dropped out because it wasn't. It's kind of like Pluto. (laughs) There's also a whole thing about why Pluto can't be a planet, and it has nothing to do with its size. Could be. At one time, astrology was was a hard science, but then. But then modern science basically took a decided turn and focuses just on materialism rather than how um, um, celestial objects Mm -hmm. affect our everyday life and destiny and so on and so forth. We're not in retrograde anymore, are we? No. Okay, cool. It's coming up though in September. (laughs) Fine, that's fine. I'll still blame my bad days on Mercury. Sorry. I need something. (laughs) If it's not a pug, it's going to be. Might as well name it on something. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, what do bananas grow on? Bushes. Trees? They're It's not a is it a bush? It's not a tree. Is it a tree? No, it's not a tree. The myth is that bananas grow on trees. That is okay, untrue. So that's not true. It's not a vine. A shrub? It's a banana plant. It's oh, just, a just plant. like a just, That's kind of like plant. have you ever seen asparagus grow? Uh, it's like grass. Really? It just shoots up out of the ground. Little <laughs> well, it spears. Looks like, it looks like like thick grass. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Google it. It's weird. Another, no, because I don't think I want to see that. <laughs> Another related fact is that bananas are actually berries. I knew that one. Since they don't produce mature seeds. Mm-hmm. 
No, refuse. There you go. <laughs> that's like I don't even like bananas, so I don't even care. This, I feel like this podcast is just going to leave me like uncomfortable for the rest of the day. Like I learned I'm, too I'm much. I'm still thinking like, about the asparagus. Mm. And just like, it's- well, now you know that a banana split is actually an herb berry sundae. Look at that. So it's, it's healthy. Herb? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's worse. <laughs> That's just this is worst. just turning into the like, have you seen the memes where it's, um, the one I always think of is Mozart could, or no, Dolly Parton could have written any of, uh, Mozart's symphonies, but Mozart could not have written Jolene. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> like banana split could make a great Sunday because it's an herb, but, but yeah. Rosemary would not make a great ice cream treat. Exactly. It doesn't work both ways. Yeah. Although I have had lavender ice cream. That is delicious. Mm. A lavender uh, latte twos are also delicious. <gasps> I haven't had one of those. Mm. Uh, I like my laundry to smell like lavender. Oh, <laughs> also that does smell I good. could see the myth that like lavender doesn't actually make you sleepy. Oh, I absolutely oh. believe that does not. That's not a thing. Oh, I do, but it, no, I could see it as placebo not. effect of. Do you use essential oils? Um, Not all the time, but I do... <laughs> I had a really light big a candle, lavender candle. Yeah. Well, and I have like a lavender lotion that um, I used to do like the Fab Fit Fun boxes. So they send you quarterly trial this new stuff. And usually it's like, oh, here's this like deep, like super moisturizing lotion. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. And I did it one day, but turned out it was lavender. And I went all day, not only smelling like a lavender bush, but also I was so tired. It's <laughs> like, I need to go, I need to shower or something because it's just like, around me 24 <laughs> seven so but it, so it could be psychosomatic though, that could be that you smell because the first things our brain um whenever you walk into a room whenever you go into anywhere the first thing your eye will see is the color yellow but the mm-hmm. very first resonance or experience that you have when you go into a place is the smell mm-hmm. because the smell is the first thing to um access memory which yeah. is why i used to hate the more head target because of the smell, smell. because of the smell what did it smell like? To me, it smelled like anesthetic. Oh, oh. yeah. Because the bathrooms that. are right there when you walk in. It's got a little bit of that. So mm-hmm. it used to make remind me of like all the times that I had like surgeries. So oh. I hated it. Yeah, yeah. I hated going in that Target. Man, just undo stress. And, and yeah. good thing you recognize it. Otherwise, it's like, why do I feel this way? Yeah. Why am I so anxious going into bad. Target? <laughs> okay, the next one. What is the largest living organism on Earth? Largest creature. Uh, the blue whale. The blue whale. What do you think? The blue whale. The blue whale. <laughs> That's probably the most common. Uh, for those who don't say the blue whale and they open it up to like plants as well, they'll say oh. the redwood forest. I would have never thought about oh. plants. See, mm. if you go throughout history, you dinosaur. might say the titanosaur, the largest dinosaur. But in fact, the largest living organism on planet Earth is none of these. It is the humongous honey fungus in the Oregon Blue Mountains. The what? The honey fungus? This single organism has thousands of mushroom fruiting bodies roughly 2.4 miles across. The bad it's ni- all one giant? Yep, one, one um, giant organism. Bad it news, it's up. spreading, but the good news is the mushrooms are edible. What do they taste like? I don't know. But, you know, mushrooms, fry them up, put some meat in there. Oh, mm. I've seen these. Yeah, they're humongous. They're gigantic. Here. Yeah, they're like yellow. Oh, Little yellow shroomies. Those things. That's what you'd actually that's think a mushroom looks thing? like. one thing? Yeah, it's one living organism. Huh. That's so weird. Fungus. Of course it's a fungus. <laughs> so here's one that goes back to the Bible. The mustard seed is the smallest seed. How big is a mustard seed? It's very tiny. It's very tiny. 
but it is not the smallest seed. Um, it doesn't negate the 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 point that Jesus was making, the parable mm-hmm. that Jesus was making, because for the average person, that was probably the smallest seed they'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's much, there's a bunch of seeds that are smaller than it, including duckweed, watermeal, and poppy seeds. Because mm-hmm. I thought of poppy seeds as smallest, yeah. but I guess I don't know if I know what a mustard seed, seed. looks like. No, it's it, yeah, it's you're it real may small. Be, yeah, very small. Hmm. So, hmm. all right, now we move on to human myths. Oh no. This is where my brain's going to mount. <laughs> How many senses do we have? <laughs> well, we were taught, what, five? Five, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what they are? Taste, touch, sight, sight smell, smell, hearing. Yep. That is not true. Well, I know one sense that not many people do have, but those who do have it is a gift. It's a dance sense. A dance sense? <laughs> Sense of I, thought, I thought you were going to be like, I see I, I, dead common, common sense also. Common is a sense. Missing one. Sixth sense of I see dead people. Uh, there's actually at least four other senses that are rarely cited. These are proprioception, sensing one's orientation in space. Oh, mm. yeah. Sense of direction. Thermoception, sense of temperature. Absolutely. I have a narrow window <laughs> when I am comfortable, man. And I know when it is off. <laughs> I was absolutely. thinking we have a believer in Dana here. She's like, absolutely. Yes. That's a thing. <laughs> I was going to say, this is probably one of the few days of the year that you don't have a blanket on. Absolutely. <laughs> like it's a narrow window. <laughs> There's equilibrioception or the sense of balance. Oh, you know, the opposite of vertigo. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's interoception or sense of one's physiological condition. So like hypochondria. Like, like I feel, I, I feel off. Something's oh. off. So I need to go get checked out. Yeah. Right? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. So the next time someone talks about the five senses, you can say to them, actually, there are nine, nine. senses. And just sit back and let them think mm-hmm. you are a superhero or something like Look that. that. Yeah. I never thought of, like, your sense of balance being one. But that right? Is. But it doesn't really fit in the rest of mm-hmm. I, You know, you think it would fall under touch, like right. a mm-hmm. sense of touch. But, you know, science got to publish papers mm-hmm. and make stuff up. So. How many of you know the myth of the pit down man? Mm-mm. So the pit down man was thought to be the missing link um, at the end uh, around 1912. And okay. from England, Sussex, England, a Dr. Charles Dawson uh, said that he found this fossil that had both ape-like features and human-like features oh. within it. It turns out it's a, it was a hoax. But from basically through the entire world War One and World War Two, this was established, agreed upon science for about forty years until nineteen fifties. That that there was this guy uh, that became known as the Pit Down Man. That was a fossil of the missing link. Would he be like one of the people on the? We see the like evolution map where it's yep. like. Yeah, when you see that map. Monkey, the like step between monkey and yes. human man. Okay. Yes, that whole thing. By the way, is a myth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not according to the, to religious people, nope. according to science. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting about this one is that it was a hoax. Either either the the professor who found it or mm-hmm. one of his students or so on actually like took parts of an ape oh. and put it with a, a human mm-hmm. skull and like sawed down the jawbone and stuff and and then huh. put Literally a tint on it. Like That's a, a lot of work. To- yes. Yes. And it took forty years for the and rest of the scientific it. community to go like hmm. Wow. There's nothing to this. Of course, there, again, 
they were fighting World War One yeah. and World War Two. They were a little busy. Yeah, they were a little busy. Few bigger issues going on. <laughs> you know, it was in the paper, but it was on like page nine. Yeah, right. You know, no one was paying. <laughs> no attention. one really cared about. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and so here comes the next one, and it's the one that has to do with that diagram of of apes to human. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 myth is that human beings evolved from apes. That's not actually what anthropology mm-hmm. teaches. Uh, it's that there is a common ancestor. Right. Hum- humans neither evolved from chimps or from apes. Right. But they're they all related all to... Re- they came from one thing and then separated out instead of... Now, you studied this. Okay. So I studied it a, a couple decades before you did, and we are doubling everything we know every two years. So basically, your knowledge of this is probably about 20 to 40 times better than mine. So were you taught... That feels intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> Were you taught that it was the pre- precursor to Australopithecus? Like Australopithecus became then the line that would become human and that that's where the diverges of the great apes took place. Like was around that to think time. Of basically, one. basically when the pre-ape creature stood up oh. and started walking because the jungle over time had uh-huh. become more of a plain Yep. Mm. And so they just they didn't adapted. Need to climb. They didn't need to climb. They didn't need to climb up things. Who knows I, how long it took for them to, you know, yeah. there's no trees and we're walking around to be mm. like, oh, let's stand up. And yeah, my back hurts. Yeah. Like, why, <laughs> right. why are we doing this? Why don't we just, <laughs> I think so. That sounds right. That sounds I right. I can't think of all of them in my head mm. right now. Right. And you went to, um, you went to MSUM. I went to NDSU. They're, they're kind of sister schools in that they you can take classes in all these different places. But I was so impressed with my archaeologist professor who said, you probably learned this uh, uh, apes to humans theory in your high school biology classes. He goes, that's not the case. That hasn't been the case for like 100 years. Mm-hmm. What he argued, he said, there's, there's a couple different diverging theories. Um, one is a, a straight line, but another one is kind of like, how did he put it? It's like, it's like uh, several different species in competition with each other, and ultimately mm-hmm. Homo sapiens won out. That's the one I'm familiar with. Right. It's like, it was, they're not even, some of them aren't even like attached. Yep. They're just coexisting. Yeah, coexisting. Yep. And then we're like, these ones were just better equipped to make it through time, and right. the others died out. Yep. Good old natural selection. Yep. Right? Yeah. So uh, if anyone ever says human beings evolved from apes, you can say, uh uh-uh. uh. That is scientifically Incorrect. inaccurate. All right. How about this one? How much of your brain do you use? According to the Matrix, only 10%. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing. Was that in the Matrix? Do they say that in the Matrix? Or no, it's not the Matrix. What's that movie? Oh, there's a movie. It's very similar to the Matrix where it's like, take this pill and you'll use 100% of your brain. Oh, um. Well, Lucy. The, the Scarlett Johansson movie where she's a, a drug smuggler and it... Oh, is it, I think it is. No, a, are you thinking of the one with... Um, I want to say it it's got like Tobey Maguire in it oh. or somebody. Okay. I'm going to Google this quick. Okay. Because I was thinking of the one that it was a movie and I think it was like Chris Hemsworth and then they did a TV show off of it. Maybe, is that fairly new? Like, like I was in the like 2000s. Like Spider or something? Does that sound right? Tommy McGuire did Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I was thinking of then. And then they did the show about it. This might be superpowers actually, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. With the guy the that played Evan Chambers. Do you know what show oh, I'm talking about? Yep. 
Okay, I have no idea what you guys are talking <laughs> I about. I was like, this I point. know you're not going to get this reference, and nobody else will, but she <laughs> will. Yep. And that's if you ever watched, if you watched Greek on ABC Family in the 2000s, he then played. You know um, who I'm talking about, but yeah, the fraternity ever, president yeah. of the like Omega Chi. Mm -hmm. If it like, wasn't on PBS guy. or Nickelodeon, I didn't watch it <laughs> in the 2000s because it was a lot of <laughs> Word Girl and uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog and uh, Dora the Explorer, and yeah, it is Lucy mm -hmm. that I'm thinking of. Okay. Movie Lucy yeah. with, yeah. yeah I have no idea what I'm thinking of. Well, the truth be told, uh, you actually use 100% of your brain. Uh, all the time? All Well, yeah. And in fact, mu well, not all the time, but most of the time, your brain, all, all of your brain is active. Even when you're sleeping, it just goes into different kind of hmm. uh, pulses, I guess you could probably say, like beta waves. And, and the way you think is, um, is constantly moving in your entire brain. Which makes sense because when you learn something, part part of the reason why, like, if you didn't learn, if you had a hard time learning mathematics or science specifically, uh, when you were in high school, you should take it again in your uh, junior and senior year of college because then your brain is fully developed. By Ooh. age 20, your brain is mm -hmm. thought to stop growing, but you continue to get all the etches on a brain. Mm -hmm. Well, that's your brain, like, learning something. All those little etches. Yeah, Say, no, I knew that before. Dana's too, not but sleeping for the next week, thinking that she's like always it. thinking. I am always thinking. <laughs> it's the problem. Did you guys it's the combination? Well, and and think about this too. Do you realize that when you dream, what you're actually doing is you have an inner monologue that's running. Yeah. And all it's doing is you're speaking to yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I I didn't realize yeah. this until I woke up in in half asleep like like maybe five years ago where it really sunk in that I'm talking to myself because I was awake enough, but I could hear my inner monologue talking oh, and the dream like that I was responding just responding out loud. No, no, no. It was oh. inside my head and the, and the, I was, I was conscious though. I was walking around and still kind of waking up mm -hmm. and the dream that I was having was slowly receding. And I'm like, that's just my voice telling me things. And it went oh. from images to my actual inner monologue, like just working through things. So your mm -hmm. subconscious often with dreams is is working through the stuff of your day. And when you have a nightmare, that is your subconscious preparing you for anxiety and fear and how to cope with it. So there you go. <laughs> and are you, do you guys always remember your dreams or? Yes. No, no. I never. I do. I have like a couple of reoccurring. I had a weird one last night actually <laughs> that I, yeah, that, it was weird. That was your inner monologue, just kind of like, yep. let's go all over the place and see what happens. I. <laughs> that just makes me question some dreams that I like remember having of like, really? Yeah. Because what was I trying to tell myself with like, I had a dream that a microwave chased me. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> For whatever reason, your, your inner monologue, it's kind of like, you ever have those weird thoughts during the day that's just kind of like a daydream? It's like, why don't I think time. of that? It's because mm -hmm. your your creativity and your curiosity in certain patterns is like, I wonder what that would be like. Oh. That's all you're doing. I wonder what that would be like. So in your My dream. My brain just needs to shut up then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and when you're consciously aware of this, you can change your dreams. You can control it. Mm -hmm. I did a paper yeah. on cognitive dreaming. Yeah. I don't like knowing this. <laughs> Part of it is you got you to gotta prepare yourself in advance before you go to sleep. Yeah. And, you know, journaling is always, you know, anyway. Mm. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Animal myths. Yeah. Did you know that bats are blind? No, they're not. Is that, 
You are correct. Is they that the are myth? not blind. That's the myth. Okay. Bats okay. are not blind. I, I was uh, like, I thought that you were telling us. I was like, no. no. <laughs> I know they're not. Bats can see black and white. Oh. Yep. Along with that, um, have you been told that dogs are That's, colorblind? I was going to ask about also that. False. That is also false. Huh. Uh, they they don't see colors the way that we do, but frankly, we don't see colors the way a lot of animals say, do. A, right. We don't see the ultraviolet spectrum. We don't mm-hmm. see, you know, I mean, we just see the, what, what is it called? The prismatic spectrum or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so some animals can see stuff we have no concept well, of. There's also the idea that the only reason uh, humans agree on what colors are colors is from education is this is o- this tablecloth is only maroon because somebody said it's maroon. We have yeah, so the whole taught. idea of like naming colors. Yeah. Weird. I decided yellow was yellow. Yeah. Why? Well, we could look into the etymology of the word and figure <laughs> out where it first started. But yeah, no, so, sure. someone decided that's what they were going to call it. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, dogs can differentiate colors. They don't see colors the way that we do, they, but they can tell that's a different shade from mm-hmm. whatever. I that absolutely was. believe that because my dog has favorite toys and they are specific colors. Yep. You could you could put the exact same toy. And he will still pick the right the the one that's his because of the color. Yep. Yep. He he's a very he is my dog yeah. in that he is very picky. Uh, I see. Particular. <laughs> he knows what he likes. He's a connoisseur. Yeah. Connoisseur. So this one I didn't even know was a thing, but apparently there's a myth that sharks do not get cancer. Um, that He's is a fa- that is a fact. That. How do you know that they're not getting cancer? <laughs> that is a fact checked false. Uh, sharks do get cancer, but not very often. Apparently, they well, have. At some- what point were we like sharks don't get cancer? Like, <laughs> check that. Like, were we studying them friends to like, try to cure it's, cancer? It's like- kind of like the glass one. That glass yeah. is really a liquid. Really, who's saying I don't that? know anyone who's actually saying that. So, but apparently, in marine biology circles. The idea that um, sharks don't get cancer, I guess, is a thing. But I guess it's rare because they have something called an angiogenin inhibitor. So if you're a marine biologist or just know how to pronounce that properly, please uh, contact mm-hmm. us at uh, that podcast. <laughs> yeah. dot net. I know what rabbit hole I'm falling down later. <laughs> Wasn't it just like Shark Week like two weeks ago too? It was. Yeah. Was it on there? I don't know. I didn't get to watch Fun much facts. this year. Well, there you go. Next one. A severed earthworm will regenerate into two earthworms. Ever heard I that? always not. thought that. <laughs> really? <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, no, a planarian flatworm will, but earthworms have a designated head and tail. If mm. the head is chopped off or half the body will grow back, the other half will not. Because the other half will just die. Right. The head the head can grow back a tail. The other half will just <laughs> die. It's the tail. So oh. bye-bye. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. So we didn't just like double the earthworm population. We just it's changed been, it. You just you just put a bunch of Made rotting tails uh, into the ground. Yep. That's right. How about this one? I thought this was interesting and I was curious why. I wish it was true, but that elephants are afraid of mice is a myth. I mean, I guess that t- makes total sense, but also that would be so cool if they were. Yeah. I know, right? Like, I want that to be true, mm-hmm. but it's a myth, and it's uh, it originated from children's stories. Elephants have elephants have no particular fear of mice. If a mouse, <laughs> mouse walks up to an elephant, they'll just they'll just be like, "Look at that!" If it even notices it, it would just <laughs> squish it. All done. <laughs> no big deal. 
I was surprised by this one too, um, because you know, uh, bullfighting is cool. Bulls become angry at the color red is not true. <laughs> no, they get angry that you're stabbing them in the back, right? Yeah, and they're shaking. You're shaking it at them. You're teasing yep. them. Bulls and other cattle are partially colorblind and cannot see the color red. Oh, that mm-hmm. I didn't know. I just figured that that was. <laughs> It's more of an animal but, abuse but thing rather right. than. For, from what I've heard, it's actually the the movement. Oh. Uh, they don't they don't mind the sight of red, but they do, however, get angry at the sight of, of well, somebody shaking things at them. Jerks. Yeah. You know, that yeah. Are- this is. Have you guys seen that Netflix movie, um, Red Notice? I just watched it the other day again. It's I've got been Ryan Reynolds, to, Dwayne, The Rock is in it. Yeah. They have a scene like where they're in a bullfighting thing, and Ryan Reynolds is this like kind of like kitschy. Uh, art thief and he's like no just don't don't move I, I saw it in a movie bulls hate when you move and the rock is like i think you're thinking of jurassic park but he was right yeah he's right <laughs> well it, it, this is this website is using the term jerk in two two ways because it's the matador's taunting threats and overall behavior that makes the bull charge so the jerking of the shirt but that they're being yeah. jerks they're also just being mm-hmm. jerks yeah purposely making the bull <laughs> I had never thought about this next one before, but apparently um, people are concerned about the length of a goldfish's memory. Oh, like having the memory of a goldfish. Three to seven seconds. That's Please a myth. Me. Yes. That's a myth. Yep. Uh, How do you measure the memory of a goldfish anyways? I, I, according uh, science has been done, uh, experiments have shown that goldfish can learn basic survival, for survival skills and remember them for up to three months. Hmm. I am taking that back to my friends because I get made fun of all the time. for. Ha- <laughs> I literally get called a goldfish because well, I have a terrible memory. From now on, I, just be like, what, you got the, me- you got yeah. the three-month memory of a goldfish? Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to you in four months. Yeah. What's the deal, man? <laughs> How, about How this? long do goldfish even live? Well, that's a good question. I think it depends on where you source them from. Ah. Um, at least three months. I can tell you that much. Because <laughs> they can learn survival techniques. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about this? And I've heard this before, too. Um, does a duck quack echo? Yes. I have no opinion on either. <laughs> I guess I, I don't know. D- I don't know where a duck would be that it would be echoey. Uh, on a lake. Oh. Sure, why not? Yeah. Duck quacks, honks, yelps, and squeaks do echo. Uh, perhaps this myth arose from the landscape of duck ponds. Don't know where it came from. Okay. This one, weird one. This one I was con- I, I was convinced is true. A mother bird will reject its baby if it's been touched by a human. False. I've always... I thought that with all baby animals. That false. is a fact check false. Because otherwise we wouldn't be able to like rescue them and then give them back. There yeah. you go. Most birds have a poor sense of smell and wouldn't know the difference. Hmm. What yep. about baby rabbits? That's my bigger. They just are so cute. Just <laughs> want to snuggle up. We had all of these. Um, <laughs> we had in our front front yard, right by our porch, where people walked to the door. Uh huh. We had a duck that just a, a couple months ago had a bunch of ducklings, 12 of them. They were so cute. We couldn't go near them. And the mother was so spooked. If anyone walked toward the door, she would fly out smack into our window. And so I'm like, we're going to give this duck a concussion. Yeah. So I had to put a sign up that said, warning, <laughs> duck nesting, danger. I put danger yeah. and it was on a yellow sign so I people love, would see it. Yep. And on it, it was like, uh, don't come to the front door. Duck will charge. 
People think you have like a guard. Right. Like, like right. A guard Why'd duck? you get the dog? Like, you got a great guard duck out here. Well, and so it was like, it was like for the Amazon drivers, leave yeah. packages here. <laughs> Cause if you walk close enough, it would just, yeah. It little, it's little head would pop, pop up behind the bush. And, and then, she like never learned to like, maybe not fly in that direction. Exactly. Every, it, it, <laughs> Every just time. instinct to like fly away from where the danger is. Yeah. And what, where's, where would she go? Into the house. Up over the thing, smash right into the window. Oh. Did you get like a duck imprint? Oh, uh, we, we had a little smudge, <laughs> but then it would hit the little overhang at the top of the, so it would be, mm-hmm. it would go bonk, boom. And then it would like flutter off. <laughs> so, but we so desperately wanted to go down and like, like touch the eggs and stuff yeah. like that. But it was so cute. Once all the eggs hatched and then the mother duck led them, led them to a pond, which was probably like two blocks away. But they're all walking in a straight line. Oh, all little ducklings. So cute. And because we didn't disturb the mom, she and um, uh, it was a mallard. She mm-hmm. and and the the male will come back and will nest in the same place. I'm so really I'm hoping that our again. geese don't come back. <laughs> if we want to talk about bird problems, uh, I live in Moorhead. I have turkeys. You do have turkeys, and they are terrifying. They're huge, and they will sit on the deck, <laughs> and they make themselves at home. All over the like central part of Moorhead. <laughs> I have geese just because I live over by all that like water feature mm-hmm. stuff that is over by the Shields Arena. And they like to, which who, whoever decided, yes, let's have this water reservoir and the dog park right oh, next to each other, you're fired. Maybe they figured like natural selection, the dogs will help even out the geese. Yeah. No, no. Because the problem is, is that the small dogs are closer to the water than the big dogs. And my dog will fight anything. Arlo could take a goose. No, he I'm, couldn't. I'm convinced. So so your dog's got the heart of a fighter, huh? Yeah. He's my, not a big guy. No, no. no. Heart he, of a Doberman he, in a tiny, tiny yeah, wrestle. That's the problem wrestle with Arlo. Terrier. He picks fights that he most definitely cannot win. But the other problem is, is that my mom's big dogs have always lost their fights to my dog so just I back think down they just most dogs encouraged most, most dogs like the big dogs that mm-hmm. are with little dogs always seem to be subservient to the little dogs yeah because little dogs yeah. are just mean yeah just keep pushing just keep pushing because they need to make sure that they can handle themselves with the big dogs and big <laughs> dogs are like whatever kid all right couple more because i think we're coming to the end of our time here having mm-hmm. so much fun just with yeah, this right through so uh House flies, this is a myth, have a lifespan of 24 hours. That's that a myth. is not true. It's not true. It's not true. I wish it was true. It'd be Which, nice if it was true. Well, I thought it was interesting that most lifespans have an average. Like like um, the average lifespan for a human uh, depends on where they live. Uh, as, mm-hmm. as, you know, 49 years to 82 years. 82 mm-hmm. years in Japan, 49 years in Swaziland. The world average in 2010 was 67.2 years. Um House pets, house pets usually have a shorter lifespan. The oldest dogs crack 29 years. That's awesome. And the oldest cat. Broke. Is it though? Do you have, do you have a dog? Imagine living with a dog. Imagine living with my dog. For 29 well, years. that's different. I have um, Piper who is How my parents' is dog and she's eight or nine now. And she sleeps 20 hours of the day. Yeah. She See, that's wakes up thing. to bark at the Amazon guy. <laughs> and every now and then, since my sister and brother-in-law are living with my parents, she likes to uh, make fun of the younger dogs who are a little dumber than her. And she'll just 
pick her head up and bark, and then they go crazy and like Good go to the grief. door looking for somebody. She pranks them. That's fantastic. <laughs> In- See, I would love it if my mom's dogs live longer, but yeah. I don't know if I can stand Arlo for 29 years. Like, I'm 15 with him. I'm great. That'd yes. be great. Yeah. Any more than that? Because he's not going to get nicer. He's just going to be old and mean. <laughs> but at some point, he's going to lose all his teeth. Yeah. So Uh-oh. He's going to be like the heart of a chihuahua with like one snaggle tooth and That's an right. attitude. And an attitude. <laughs> you love him or hate him. Yep. That's how it goes. <laughs> Actually, a fly can live up to a month. Okay. Yep. Yep. You know, I have a fly that's in stuck in our front window that none of us can seem to kill. That sounds like a jet plane landing when you sit on the couch by the window. Yes. And I think it's been alive for years. <laughs> have you ever been, have you seen the the modern fly swatter that you can buy at Shields? Is it the zapper one? It's like a salt gun. You put, you put oh, salt wow. rock in it and... Psh- and blast them. Yeah, it looks like a little little oh, rifle. Yeah, that's I'd what have you to need. get one. That's what you need. Although it makes me wonder if you miss the fly or if you do hit the fly, do you like splatter it against yeah. the wall or something? You probably got to be outside to use it. Probably. All right. Ostriches stick their heads in the ground when scared. That is a myth. Do you know what they actually do? Run. They run and they're super fast. They go up to like 28 miles per hour. Well, can't they like kick at oh, an yeah. insane force? Yeah, they're yeah. super mean too. Yeah. They're not they're not. I don't know if we've talked about this. Um I birds are devil creatures. Yeah. I think that just needs to be on the record. (laughs) Sarah doesn't like birds. I hate birds. They came from dinosaurs. Terrible. Yeah. I'm telling you. That's all that's all a chicken is. It's just a dino it's just a Tyrannosaurus Rex that lays eggs now and makes delicious chicken nuggets. Yeah, it's much cooler now than it was back in the day. So they (laughs) they shrunk down to keep the heat. Yeah, that's right. Have you seen the TikTok of the lady who has the pet ostrich that just like attacks Oh, her the emu one? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yep. what it is. She's in Canada. She's got two emus and one is like loving and like snuggles with her and the other, she like walks near her name. The uh, emu's name is Karen. Of she course. She like charges at her. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. They will run away or if that doesn't work, they have a second strategy where they will flop to the ground and play dead. <laughs> And apparently it works, but they don't huh. stick their head in the ground when they're yeah. scared. <laughs> I don't. Know I want to know who started funny. that rumor. I just. Yeah. I don't know. Would be funnier to see like their head in the ground or, or just like a flopped over dead. Just like watch it just keel Ooh. over. I just am imagining. Um, is it Alice in Wonderland where she's got the like? Yes. Like flamingos that she uses oh, as yes. the golf clubs. Yep. I just imagine that on the ground. Yeah. Like. A croquet mallet. Yeah. 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 This one may come as a surprise to you. How many of you have been in weddings in the last 10 years? Me. How many? <laughs> yeah. How many of the weddings did they throw wedding rice? None of them, actually. Why do you think they don't do that anymore? So I don't know if this is a myth or not, but I have heard that um, chicken or birds will eat them and, and then can't. birds can't like process process it. them so then they just explode because they fill with okay gas. well okay mine, mine didn't that's... go as far as exploding apparently it's a thing <laughs> it's also apparently if you give like birds soda or like pop they can't like process the, the mentos thing yeah like, like they can't process carbonation so they just like poof i don't go as far as they explode but i thought it, it was because they couldn't process it and then they just 
If you if you can't hit the high C, I learned from Shrek that a bird will explode as it tries yeah. to sing with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, so the idea is that they'll come by, they'll eat the rice, and they'll drink some water, and the rice expands in the bird's stomachs, and then kaboom, it blows up. They seriously blow up? No, that's not true. Oh. This is a this is a myth. The theory does not work, and the temperature inside the bird never gets hot enough to cook and swell the rice. Uh, if you've ever cooked rice, you may remember how the rice just sits at the bottom of the water pot until you raise the temperature enough to start cooking the rice. In short, the rice would need to be cooking to expand, and that would give the birds something much more important to worry about. Most likely, it's not because birds have been exploding. It's because they've been flocking to these places, yeah. and people are annoyed by it and mm. tired of all the... The venues are like, we, mm-hmm. we, we don't, need, we don't to. need the mess anymore. So yeah. if you don't want your geese to come back, don't put rice on the ground. Yeah, there you go, Dana. Because they honk the and they're annoying and they're smelling. <laughs> also, and it's funny to watch like geese cross like 32nd Street. I'm just like, right? oh, yeah. All right, we're just going to. Yep, they just go. Don't mind us. We're going to shut down traffic because <laughs> yep. we're fearless. Okay, here's the last one. And this is the myth. How many of you, you both have dogs, right? Okay, do you let your dogs lick your face? Technically, yes. yes. Why? Because. because sh- it's kisses. <laughs> the argument the argument from dog lovers is often, well, dog mouths are cleaner. Oh, that's oh, not true. Oh, mouse. no. Yeah, Absolutely that, that's not, not true at no. all. Uh, <laughs> that's not true at My all. My dog doesn't eat anything he shouldn't, and I still don't trust that. that Where he's been? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a Hallmark card excuse for dog lovers. In truth, dog mouths are much, much, much more dirty. Also, I mouse. brush my teeth far more often than I brush his. So. Yes. Dogs are known to transmit rabies, tetanus, pastorella, and most any other contagious disease. They're teeming with bacteria because they eat and lick all sorts of gross things like garbage, carcasses, and of course, themselves. <laughs> feces. Since dogs don't have hands with opposable thumbs and they walk on all fours, they use their face and mouth to do a lot of things we would use our hands to do. Like with when we got our puppy, uh, basically we're told by you know dog books and stuff that they don't have hands, so their mouth is their hand. And so they're very mouthy, especially when they're yep. puppies. Mm-hmm. That's how they experience the world, through their their nose, through their ears and eyes, and through their mouth. Mm-hmm. So a dog's mouth functions as its hands, its washcloth, its toilet paper, and so on. Next time you want to let your dog lick your face, remember where that mouth has been. Just saying. Okay. Well, that was a great one to <laughs> yep. end on there, yep. DJ. Loved it. <laughs> Fantastic. So this last Sunday... Um, you know, we, we, I don't want to go into this too deeply, but we've been, we've been talking about, um, uh, confronting Christianity with, with questions that are coming out of the, the world. And, uh, all of them aren't exactly new, but they have a new emphasis to them. And the last two weeks we've talked about some that are, that are highly political. I mean, one of them being that Christians denigrate women. We talked about that last time on the podcast. Uh, this last week it was, uh, doesn't, isn't Christianity homophobic? And uh, I just want to share something about one of the myths that has been debunked by modern science. Uh, First of all, Christianity is not homophobic. Uh, Christianity is not even really concerned about homosexuality or heterosexuality. The concern of the Bible has to do with with protecting and sustaining and nurturing life in relationship with God. And we admit that we are all sinners, whether homosexual or heterosexual, whatever label you want to put on that. Where the Bible comes from is that we're all human and we all have attractions and our attractions, our desires, our wants are imprinted with the fingerprint of original sin, which is wanting things our way rather than wanting to live the way God intends for us. 
And so outside of the the norm, uh, outside of the standard that God makes for sexual expression, because it's through sex that God, uh, there's physical intimacy, there's um, connection between uh, uh, the two images of God, male and female, and it's how life happens for humans. We're not asexual, we're whatever the term is, needing two partners, right? Um, with that being said, everything outside of that norm between one man and one woman, God says no to because of the dangers that it can cause, right? Uh, and I would point out this very real sociological, um, I, I shouldn't say fact because with sociology, it's not so much fact, but the evidence supports this statement. I don't know about all kinds of different privileges in the United States, particularly. I mean, there, there could be all kinds. People speak of different kinds of privilege depending on class, uh, uh, ethnicity, uh, male and female, right? Mm-hmm. I am convinced that there is very much a very real privilege that's called two-parent privilege. And there's three things that will affect, that will guarantee that your life is harder. The first one is to be living in a single parent home. It doesn't mean that single moms don't don't kick butt and take names every day. It's just that it's much harder than if there's two parents and 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 two influences on children that have both a a masculine and a feminine quality, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're guaranteed life's going to be harder. The second one is if you don't finish high school. Um if if in our society if you do not finish high school, it doesn't mean that you can't succeed. It just means that the the challenge to have a thriving life is going to be much more difficult. And the third one is uh, becoming pregnant before marriage. All of those make things much more complicated in your life. Um, and and that's kind of where the Bible comes at it too. It's this is the norm because of these reasons to protect, sustain, and nurture life. And if if those pieces aren't there, life's going to be a lot harder for you. And so all the law in the Old Testament basically outlaws everything contrary to that norm of one man, one woman, because life can happen there naturally, mm-hmm. right? So it outlaws anything that's, that's uh, uh, counter to this complementarity of opposites. So when it comes to sexual expression, sexual sex acts, the Old Testament will say, Therefore, um, what's not allowed is uh, male, male, female, female sex acts because it's too close to your own flesh to create life. What's outlawed is incest, relationship among close family members because it's dangerous to life. Um, uh, 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 Pedophilia, also dangerous Mm -hmm. to life. On the opposite side, it outlaws any sex acts that are with the flesh that is too foreign to your own flesh. In other words, humans and animals. Okay. So, and that's the reason it's not, it's not about hating on any specific people. It all has to do with what is the best most of the time for life to flourish, flourish. Jesus doubles down and actually makes the law much harder by saying everyone is guilty. So it's not about homosexuality or heterosexuality. These are, uh, uh, these are, social constructs that were created in the 1870s by behavioral scientists that honestly, it's not really a binary choice. And here's where I get to the myth that's been debunked, this idea that people are born a certain way. Now, um, where I get this information comes from the studies that that have been done by a a Dr. Diamond, 
who herself identifies as lesbian and does not like the argument that that gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender persons are born that way um, because she thinks it, it actually takes away the integrity of a person who does identify as, as same-sex attracted. Rather, for her, in a free society, in an equal society, you should be free to love and be in a relationship with whomever you want. Uh, but she has the science to back it up. She's done 20-year studies of men and women. Um, I, I may have misspoken there. I know she's done studies on women um, where she's asked them yearly for like 20 years, are you, attra-? and it has to do with sexual attraction. If you're a woman, are you attracted to a woman? If you're a woman, are you attracted to a man? And what she found is surprisingly to her is that most people are exclusively attracted to the opposite sex. This is what we call heterosexuality. Again, I don't like that term, and I also don't like the term homosexuality. I think they're a waste of, of what people actually are. It sets, separates people into groups. Um, but in the LGBTQ identifying group, um, it's there are those who are exclusively same-sex attracted, but it's a very small number. It's like 1%. Everyone else has change over time. Now, what does this mean? It means that there's biological precursors for the attractions that we have, but that our attractions can also be affected through positive and negative reinforcement in, in the culture, in, in, in um, our own experience, in the environment that we're in. Uh, but it would also means that in most cases, especially for developing minds like a child, um, you know, gender dysphoria is a real thing. And when you're young, you may feel like if you're a boy that you want to be a girl or if you're a girl that you want to be a boy. In most cases, like around 80% of them, that and your your attraction, whatever it may be, will will move to, to most likely the 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 majority. Um, if if you're by the time you're 20, if you're a girl and, and you grew up with gender dysphoria, 80% of the time it will correct itself and the dysphoria will go away. Same thing with the with attraction is that if when you're young you find you're, you're a girl and you find yourself attracted to other girls, that doesn't mean that it always will be that way. It certainly can be. Um, but again, the concern of the Bible is not that you need to go from being gay to straight. The concern of the Bible is about, um, and the gospel specifically, is about being in relationship with God and that you have Jesus. And so regardless of what your attraction is, the Bible's norms are still for the benefit of everybody. And if you were same-sex attracted, the work of the church should never be to say, until you become, until you get your mind right around this issue and get your attractions right, you're out of here. Rather, it's, come on in. We're all broken in this place. And as much as as same-sex attraction can be a burden, Opposite tra- sex attraction can be a burden as well. There's this longing that is protected by marriage. And we're all sinners because even in marriage, it's not like attractions toward whatever you're attracted to don't continue. It's what you do with those attractions that becomes the, the bigger issue. Mm-hmm. And for the church, here becomes the issue as to why the church needs to hold the line and say one man and one woman in marriage only. doesn't mean that we don't love everyone and we want everyone to know Jesus and we want to be in close intimate relationship with you through friendship, through the value of uh, lifting up the vocation of singleness and how valuable that is. I mean, it's the vocation that Jesus kept and that Paul kept. And Paul even said, this is better than being married. 
the value of it, of having a thriving life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the, it, the bigger point is that the Christian life is about struggling with scripture and holding on to it. And if you believe in Jesus and you have attractions that are contrary to what the Bible says, heterosexual or homosexual, such as heterosexual, uh, you know, uh, uh, marriage only, uh, hookup culture is not going to be good for you. I mean, that's really, that's really the warning. You're asking for trouble and you know, you don't need to be, a a science teacher to point out the troubles that can happen when there's not the security of marriage tied around something as, as powerful and emotional as, as sex. Our culture wants to say you're not satisfied. You, you won't have a satisfying life unless your desires are met with a person whom you are attracted to or persons. And that that's what a real exciting life is. Hookup culture. Um, what we find is that uh, in the long run, was that your neck? No. Okay. Uh, my, did, my neck did crack, but that's not the same. Because that's what my neck feels like. I just like I, I, I didn't just think heard anyone a could hear it. Cog going. I'm like, oof. No, it's the headphones move okay. at the same time. But the Bible speaks about about intimate friendship and family outside of sexual expression that is much more satisfying than just random hookups with other people, where where disease can happen, where unexpected. Uh, pregnancies can happen, um, and where all kinds of tragedy can can you know burn out of that. My issue is this: if I'm someone who's same sex attracted, or or I'm attracted, and the Bible says no, and I want to follow Jesus, should the church follow what Scripture says, or should the church say, you know what, that's old news? That doesn't, that doesn't matter anymore. Love is love. Um, be with the one who you want to be with. Here's the danger as I see it. I'm going to begin to doubt the authority of Scripture for my life. And if I doubt the authority of Scripture for my life, what is the, who is the Bible pointing to? Who is the main message that's throughout Scripture? Jesus. Jesus. That felt like a trick question. I know, right? But I mean, it's, it's just, it's so it's not plain. A myth. In, in church sometimes, that's the best answer you can always give. Jesus. If I can't trust scripture to be my authority, then how can I trust that Jesus is my Lord according to scripture if I can't trust scripture? That's, that's, the, that's the stumbling block that happens mm-hmm. here. Whereas it, you're, you're better suited that when you're tackled by Christ, we grapple with Scripture, and none of us get it right. We all fail. But we're, but the point is, is that we're sinners of his redeeming, and so we give it to Jesus. We give our attractions. We give our failings. We give our everything, all the mistakes that we made, all the things that, all the guilt that we carry. We give it to him, and we give it to him every day. Um, and you know what? Life can be a struggle and, and trying to live God's will can be a struggle. And that's why you need church. You need people that you can go and be like, boy, my week was a dumpster fire. <laughs> right? And they'll be like, yeah, me too. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's give it to Jesus and let's, uh, let's move forward together. Let's, let's mm-hmm. help each other. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So the big myth is that um, you can't really change your attraction. It changes on its own according to biological predispositions 
we can limit our behavior. And that's really the work of all Christians. We're limiting our behavior. We're clinging to Christ. We're trying to restrain the old sinner until we're set free from that completely. We're set free now through faith. We're, we're set free from the, the penalty uh, of sin. We're, sell, we're separated from the punishment of sin. But in this life, we're not separated from the presence of sin. It's still on us. It's that old sinner wanting to be in charge of our own life, to have it my way, the Burger King motto. Okay. So regardless of what your attractions are, uh, you are an image of God made in the image of God, an image bearer. You're not heterosexual. You're not homosexual. You're not LGBT. You're not uh, Salvation Army. I mean, all, the labels that we put on ourselves, ultimately, that's not who you are. You are an First and foremost, you are a child of God made in the image of God, and he loves you and he cares for you. And his church needs to as well, period. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Love God, love people. It's really that simple. Yep. Mm -hmm. So good enough for today? Mm -hmm. I think so. All right. It was. Well, on behalf of, well, I'm not going to say this yet. Would one of you please pray? We forgot to do this. Like, I can Ryan, do it. Ryan's going to fire me as soon as he comes back. Yeah. He's going to be like, you'll fire because I keep import, uh, forgetting. I'm more so stuff. worried that he's going to come back on crutches and we're all just going to get the um, NCIS like <laughs> tap on the back of the head. Like, come on, guys. That's How it. much did you forget? That's it. You're done. <laughs> all yeah. right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to talk about just all the things that we think might be happening in this world. But Lord, I thank you for being our rock and being that no matter what we think might be going on in this world, that we can cling to you and cling to the hope that even though right now life might be a dumpster fire or not, not whatever the opposite of a dumpster fire is going great, that <laughs> one day you will come back and you will make us perfect in your sight and being image bearers of you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 If you're looking for a place to worship, uh, Atonement Church has two worship services every Sunday, 9 o'clock and 1030. 9 o'clock is our tradition service. Uh, we're kind of, um, I'd say we're, we're kind of a blended uh, mm -hmm. traditional. Uh, we don't really mm -hmm. do the the big, the high church. It's kind of low church. It's Midwestern. It's kind of the great, I always go off of, it's a great way to hear the hymns. Yeah. But if you want to hear what my dad would call rock and roll Jesus. Yeah. That's for the modern service. That's for the modern service. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, our hymn service is yeah. a good way to put it. Is at nine o'clock. And then at 1030 in the ark, we have our modern worship service. Both services are broadcast live online and are always held on YouTube. Uh, so you can join us on YouTube. You can join us at atonement.live for those worship services. Um, if you're interested more in learning about that podcast, again, you can find us on atonement.live. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on thatpodcast.net. We'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and send us a message anytime you want. If you have any questions about anything, um, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And, and uh, uh, primarily, we like to talk about God and stuff and, uh, and all kinds of neat little life things like myths that have been debunked. Uh, so for... Sarah DeYoung and Dana Mashevsky. I'm Pastor DJ Lura, and this has been another fantastic episode of That Podcast. Mm -hmm.